First and foremost, enjoy it. It's a lifestyle. That Triathlon Show, Episode 4. What's up? Welcome back to That Triathlon Show. Thank you again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And today's show is one that I hope that you'll find very, very valuable, especially those of you who are newer to triathlon, maybe even complete beginners. So we're going to talk about how to get started with triathlon training and racing and training specifically for swimming, biking and running. So there's going to be a lot of actionable tips today. Today's guest is Wendy Mader, who is a triathlon coach currently based in Georgia, but has spent a long time in Colorado before that. She has over 25 years of experience in triathlon. She trained at a very high level, and she's a former collegiate swimmer, has completed 15 Ironmans, and she has won the overall age group world championships in Kona, so the Ironman World Championships, and that was in 2008. So she is definitely an incredible athlete as well as a coach. So Wendy is the co-founder and owner of T2 Coaching, her own coaching business, and she's also the co-host of the Endurance Hour podcast. And even though this episode is geared towards beginners, I do believe that every triathlete can get a lot of value from this episode, even if it's more in terms of less tangible things related to triathlon like attitude and and things like that because Wendy really has a lot of experience and it shines through this entire interview so do keep listening even if you're maybe in a world championship qualifier I think that you'll find it very very useful and on today's episode as you'll notice we also have a listener question so remember that you can send in questions for me that I can answer myself or I can have my guests answer them on future episodes so just send in your questions to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and I'll answer them or my guests will answer them on future episodes. That's enough rambling from me. Let's dive in and meet Wendy. Wendy, we've been exchanging emails and connecting on Twitter for a while, but it's really good to finally be able to talk to you in person. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So anything that you want to add to that intro? You know, I have a lot of experience. I coached high school swimming in college. I was actually the head coach of the CSU triathlon team at one point, Rocky Mountain High School swim coach for nine years, as well as a master swim coach. So I've done a lot of hands-on group training. And then since moving to Georgia this past April, after living in Colorado for 21 years, now I specifically just do all online stuff. So for the most part, that's what I do, online coaching. Sounds like, sounds like an awesome life. I'm jealous about it. It is. <laughs> so the first question that I want to dive into is a, a very general one, a broad one, but what do you think are the most important things to consider for beginner triathletes that are new to the sport and just getting into triathlon? Well, again, I'd like to share my experiences just getting into it. I started 25 years ago. This past June, I celebrated 25 years since my first triathlon. And, you know, I had some swimming background. I was a college swimmer at the time. So I think, you know, first and foremost, um, enjoy it. It's a lifestyle. I mean, obviously for me, it's a lifestyle 25 years later, but don't get caught up. If you're first getting started, don't get caught up in all the technology stuff that you can purchase. And some people are motivated by that, but I think you really, really enjoy 
the lifestyle of swimming, biking, and running. And a lot of times that gets you healthy with your nutrition and your mental state of mind as well. And um, give it a year or two before you decide if it's something you want to continue to pursue and then start getting all the, the swag and the stuff that comes along with being a triathlete. Yeah, that's a good point. A couple of thousand dollar race wheels aren't really going to make you enjoy the bike more if you don't enjoy it in the first place. So, so Right. That- you know, I found, and again, going back to if you're going to want to invest in a $5,000 bike or a power meter or race wheels and stuff like that, make sure you know how to use them. So, so on top of that comes along with, you know, follow a training plan that fits your lifestyle. I think it's important not to try to fit your life into the training plan. So if, for example, if someone, maybe you have a coach, maybe you find something online that's telling you you need to train for 15 hours a week and you don't have time to train for 15 hours a week, it's not the right plan for you. you got to find something different. I think of one of the things I hear from a lot of triathletes is lack of time to train. And my response to that is then you don't have the right training plan if you don't have time to do it. You need to find something that's appropriate for your fitness level as well as experience. Totally. Training doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have to take all the other things in your life into account. Exactly. So so moving into swimming, which is your background and your main expertise among your many expertise, areas Uh of expertise, how would you go from completely new to swimming, somebody that's just taking up triathlon and uh, maybe don't even really know how to swim or just barely but with poor technique and uh, is getting really tired pretty soon. How do you go from that stage to becoming a reasonably accomplished swimmer? Well, I think swimming, I think people, again, a common thing that I hear from triathletes is they don't like to train in the water. They don't like it. A lot of times it's because they're not a strong swimmer. It takes time to get to the pool, get changed, do the swim workout, get out, get changed and all that. So it is a bigger time commitment. But I think if you are new, relax, don't, don't be intimidated. It's hard not to be intimidated. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to a master's group and expect to get help. A lot of times people recommend someone going to a master swimming group to get better at swimming, and that's not always necessarily the case. Try to seek out a local swim instructor that has experience teaching you triathletes or adults how to swim. I think that's important. And ask a lot of questions because there's no reason you should struggle with swimming. I have an online program that I offer now as how to get faster in 30 days, as well as how to master the basics of freestyle. And the way I break it up is into a technique that I know works and for other people. And I've developed it, developed it over the last 15 years since I taught my first adult how to swim in 2000. So I just think it's important that it's easy. It's easy once you learn how to breathe. Swimming's a lot easier and breathing's a lot of the reason why adults don't swim is they don't know how to breathe. So how do you break up your philosophy when it comes to, do you work on just technique first, getting like a bit more comfortable in the water and learning how to breathe and how to move fluidly in the water before you start doing any sort of real structured workouts with intervals? Yes. Yes. It is such, and again, I think, I think beginner swimmers need to know it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you're struggling in the water because you are so new and you can't make it more than 125, one length of the pool, it's probably because you're having breathing issues. So first you need to learn how to breathe because once you learn how to breathe, you'll relax, you'll expend less energy, and you'll be a lot more comfortable just by learning how to breathe appropriately. And then I go to the body balance rotation that has to do with comfort levels as well as kick because that 
kind of all goes together. And then once they're comfortable with breathing, body balance, rotation, then we start to learn about the three main phases of the stroke, recovery, hand entry, and underwater pull. But you can't even go there until your breathing, body balance, and rotation is comfortable. What's the timeline for going through this uh, this process? I, it's going to vary a lot, obviously, depending on the person, but... You know, I think I think it depends on the person, of course, but it depends on how much the person's willing to practice on their own. The best advice I can give any new swimmer is the frequency, the amount of time, the amount of times you're in the water is more important than how long you're in the water. So if you're, especially that newbie, if you're new, you know, you got to go to the pool once just to get comfortable with breathing. That 10, 15 minutes. The next day you try to add the breathing, the body balance and rotation. You know, so you add one or two things at a time. And then the next day, maybe you try to put it together all, you know, maybe you add a component of the stroke mechanics. And, and so the frequency, the amount of times you're in the water is so much more important than spending an hour in the water one day a week because you only breathe in the water by being in the water. You can't practice breathing techniques on land that you're going to do in the water. Mm, totally agree about that. The frequency of being in the water, that's something that I did myself when I when I got into swimming first, and it, I found it really helped a lot and still helps actually to this day, even at a more comfortable level and, and being a bit faster than I used to be. Oh, it's so worthwhile. Yeah, it's so worthwhile. But again, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to still choke on water. It's going to happen, but you just got to give yourself time. So really, the answer to your question, what should a beginner expect? You know what? The sooner you pick up the breathing, body balance, and rotation, the quicker everything else comes along. So you really just got to spend that time on the basics and then the more advanced techniques such as recovery, hand entry, and underwater catch and pull will be a lot easier to learn, but still that stuff takes time as well. Just getting the right lat engagement and muscles that you're supposed to use in swimming sometimes take a little bit of time, but again, it just depends how much you're willing to practice and be in the wet water. Okay, so moving on to the bike, the next leg of the triathlon, how do you go from uh, zero to hero on the bike? What's your approach there? Same thing, you know, there's a technique in biking and something that when I started 25 years ago, I was always in like my biggest gear. I didn't have a high cadence. I was just kind of what I call grinding. My legs were always tired, but my heart and lungs were fine. And so I thankfully knew a bunch of cyclists and they kind of taught me the technique of bicycle riding competitively. So I think it's important, um, just like swimming, that especially a newbie, they learn the proper technique. Um, I think it's important to save their knees, to not grind as much as I did, and learn the proper cadence, 85 to 95, one, one legs per minute, doing a lot of drills, like cadence drills, one-legged drills, climbing, you know, climbing the hills really helps with your pedal stroke. And um, that's where you want to start, as well as just building up your endurance and strength. A beginner doesn't need to be doing much intensity. They just need to ride their bike and enjoy it. And for the bike, then how, how much would you do? If you say you're a triathlete that trains, let's say, six times a week, if you're pretty enjoying it a lot. So you do two, two workouts in each discipline a week. So, so what, what would, how would you structure those workouts for the bike? Would you just go out and ride an hour each time? Or would you do one that is a bit longer? On the weekend or I think a beginner again, I'm thinking a beginner, I'm thinking a sprint distance triathlete. So if you were if you only had two days a week, I would do one of them technique, probably indoors on your trainer, because that you keep you keep it constant. There's um weather's not gonna get in the way, terrain's not gonna get in the way of your cycling drills. And then I would do one day of just doing distance, building volume as well as strength. And the way you add strength is trying to get some climbing in if you have terrain in your local area that you can ride a bike on a hill 
Mm. And for the inner trainer, I, one thing that I found is very useful, even when you're not a beginner, for anybody really, is using a software like Trainer Road for your indoor training, because Trainer Road actually prompts you. They have specific training workouts and training programs that you you get on, and then it prompts you with with technique advice, and and it really tells you to do drills and do them in a specific way to actually really hone in your, on your technique, and and that's been really useful even at this stage. So that, that sounds that's great. I've never idea. used it, but it sounds pretty valuable. Yeah, check it out. It's it's really good. So moving on to to the run, then how the same question again, going from from scratch to improving gradually on the run as a beginner triathlete. How do you do that? And for the run, especially as we all know, it's very important to do it really safely, so you don't get injured because the, it's so easy to get injured on the run. Yeah, you know, it's easy to get injured with swimming with your shoulders if your technique's poor. But I think it's more more people will get injured running because of the impact of the sport. So just like swimming and biking, you need to learn the technique. With running, the technique first cadence, you know, you want to try to aim for an 85 to 91 foot strike per minute. You work on your cadence and then you work on your stride without losing your cadence. And that is so important because as a beginner, myself included, 25 years ago for years, I thought to get faster at running was I was supposed to lengthen my stride. And then I was a heel striker and I got injured a lot. And so I'm going to say it was probably three years after I started the sport that I started educating myself on running technique. And that is just first and foremost, even for an advanced athlete who's taken some time off, I think they need to reacquaint themselves with running technique, landing midfoot instead of heel. And then it all comes down to core training too. I think core training helps running performance and injury resistance when you do some core training. Yeah, a famous German athlete who's recently won his second Ironman World Championship in a row is uh, one of the biggest advocates in the sport for core training, and he's not yeah. a too, too bad a runner, so I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, and I do too. You're absolutely right. Anything else in when it comes to, to the run for how do you need to work on your technique, but how do you then do the rest of your runs when you're just building your endurance, or are you... You know, and again, for a sprint, I, I like to build athletes up to maybe four or five miles as their longest run over a period of eight to 12 weeks, depending on their background. But the same thing, if you only have two days a week, make especially as a beginner, make one of them a technique day and then make one of them more of an endurance day. But of course, as you're building your endurance, you also want to be mindful of your technique. So every time you go out for a run, you still want to be working on your technique, as well as when you swim a bike, you still want to be working on your technique. And I think it's really important. We've all heard the 10% rule of adding mileage to your running. I don't always follow that, but I've been doing this for 25 years. But I think as a newbie, it's really important to gradually, in very small increments, add distance every week or, or don't add distance for a few weeks and then add maybe a mile or two every few weeks. Right. Yeah. So what about racing then? What advice would you do to, to a beginner doing their first race and preparing for their first race? I, again, it's all the stuff I've, I've advised people to, but if you are a beginner, I think the first and foremost, you need to go watch a triathlon. If you've never seen one, go watch one, go volunteer in the transition area because what makes our sport of triathlon different than any other sport is we have those transitions, transition one and transition two. So I think watching one on TV, going to one, volunteer in the transition area so you can see what that is all about, going from the swim to the bike, going from the bike to the run. It's different. And it's different in a race setting than it is actually in, you know, your home setting or your training setting. So that's the first tip of advice I get. And um, just let it go. Let it be a learning experience. 
if you forget your water bottle, if you forget your socks, if you forget something, don't stress the small stuff and, and just use it as a learning experience because that stuff still happens. And no matter what, you're going to be nervous. You will never know how prepared you are until you cross the finish line. So just let the nerves happen and just let it go and enjoy the experience of the whole race process. That's true. And you might be thinking that you, it's, you're just nervous because it's your first time, but uh, I don't know. I think, I think it happens before every race. So that's not something that you might necessarily get rid of as you, as you get more experience. It's just part of the game. Uh, so how much time would you advise an athlete to give themselves to prepare before a race and to train before it if it's a sprint that they're doing the first time? And they're Like a first time sprint? Um, so... Most people generally have at least some background in, in running or background in swimming or background in cycling who decide to do a triathlon, and, and, and others don't. Others don't have any experience in those th three sports, but eight, you know, eight to 12 weeks, most people at least have done a 5K run before their first triathlon. Not everyone has. That's something else I recommend. At least try to do a 5K run before your first triathlon. But um, I think eight weeks, you're looking at three to five hours of training a week. I don't think it takes much to do a sprint distance triathlon. I think you do it, you see what worked, you see what didn't work, and then you change up your training program, either add more or add more intensity until you do your next one. That's good. That's good. You don't need to put too much pressure on yourself, really. It's probably going to work out when, when you have that, uh, even a little bit of base from one of the sports and, and even, even without it, if you train those three to five hours. Yeah, and exactly. One more thing that I wanted to ask related to this was, do you always recommend, if you're say that person that you've been doing a, a little bit of running, like just going out for three to 5K a couple of times a week, but you don't have necessarily any other background, do you always recommend starting with the sprint distance or uh, some people might want to jump right into the deep and doing an Olympic or even, I mean, there are cases of people doing an Ironman as their first distance, but what, what do you recommend there? There are, you know, <laughs> when I started coaching, I actually had some friends that I coached who w did an Ironman as their first one. It was a learning experience for me as well as them because they're done. They were one and done and it was too much for them. Whenever an athlete comes to me and wants to do those longer distance races, I always ask what their why is. Why do you want to do an Ironman? Because I'm not going to coach them unless their why is strong enough to do an Ironman. And I always recommend if you have marathon experience or long distance cycling experience, then doing uh, Ironman for your first triathlon is probably going to be okay. If you don't have that experience, I'm going to say why rush it? Why not enjoy the sport and get the experience and the shorter races before you jump into an Ironman? So that's usually my advice, but it really just depends on the person and what their background is. I didn't do my first Ironman for, I was in the sport for about five years before I did my first Ironman. And I qualified my second or third year in the sport. I actually qualified for the Ironman and I didn't do it because I was a collegiate swimmer. And I'm glad I didn't do it because I, I just, I wouldn't have been ready. And I'm glad I waited. And even my first one, I was probably a little young. Mm, yeah, I got the same experience really from my, my running background when I went into marathon running way too too quickly and and that's why i'm now now focusing on the short course triathlon getting really fast as fast as i can on sprint and olympics and then yeah sometime in the future going into ironman for sure but i don't have any rush doing that well it's true if you get faster in your sprint the faster sprint will make you a faster olympic distance athlete a faster olympic distance athlete will make you a fast 70.3 athlete 
and a faster 70.3 athlete will make you a faster Ironman. It's really hard to say I want to get faster and yet train for an Ironman because you don't get faster training for an Ironman. It just no. doesn't work that way. Physiologically, it doesn't happen to most people. Yeah, absolutely right. And finally, the final question I have related to this interview segment is what are the most common mistakes that you see beginner triathletes make in their triathlon training and racing? Following their friend's training plan. Training plans are meant to be based, at least for me, based on someone's personal experience and, and athletic background and, and time available to train. So what I see a lot of is, oh, I'm going to follow her swimming plan and I'm going to go swim with her three days a week. And I'm going to follow the group running plan because I want to train with runners. I want to train with the group. And I'm not, I don't feel safe riding alone. So I'm just going to go on all these group rides. Is it a mistake? I mean, that's probably what I did when I started and I'm still doing the sport, but I did get hurt. I did get injured a lot and that was probably why. So, you know, and also just not following a progressive increase in training load or intensity will set you up for injury, which I think is a mistake that you can avoid because there's so much education out there right now. Um, I also think at least at this day and age, it's a mistake not to do strength training. I'm such a proponent of strength training and core training. There's no reason for people not to do some form of core strength training, and it's only going to give you longevity in the sport. I wish, I wish that's something I did 25 years ago, but who knew what core training was? So that's really all is just, you know, the random training doing someone else's stuff. Okay, so let's now move into the rapid fire question segment. So this is just a set of short questions with uh, pretty short and sweet answers. So are you ready for it? Yes. Okay, so what's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon? I've always followed Joe Friel's stuff since I started the sport, so I tend to gravitate towards any new Joe Friel book out there when I want to get information or information that I want to share with athletes. Are you excited for the fourth edition of the training Bible that's coming really soon? Or you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at it. I think it's gonna be the same stuff, just an updated version. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's cool that there's another one coming out. I'm I'm, I'm wondering if there's gonna be anything new that I don't know about. He's actually completely rewritten it, so it's completely new. Yeah. So yeah, what? we'll see. Okay. And yep. again, it's just you know that's just that was kind of my mentor when I started, so that's tend to where I gravitate towards. Uh, what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? My bike. My um, Trek speed concept. I've had four triathlon bikes, and that's my favorite one. I'm not a gear person, so really it's just my bike. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's the personal habit that's contrib contributed to your triathlon success? I schedule my training like I schedule any other important appointment into my day. My training gets done no matter what, whether it's morning, noon, or night. I prioritize my training because I love it, you know, and I always tell people, if you prioritize something, you're going to get it done. Continue to do what you love and love what you do. Very briefly, what's your favorite workout for swimming, biking, and running? Very briefly, all of them. I love to swim, bike, and run. It doesn't matter. I'm, when I, I'm, I'm happy when I'm swimming, I'm happy when I'm biking, and I'm happy when I'm running. A specific workout, I mean, like a specific set or... That I know what you mean. I can't um. think of one. <laughs> You know, I think usually my favorite workouts come during the time when I'm in the build period or the taper and peak period when I'm really fit and I'm really kind of when, when, when a run that used to be hard is effortless now. Same with swimming. 
when a swim pace used to be hard is now effortless when same with biking. But, you know, tra- you know, I'm an Ironman athlete, so I just like to go long. Those are usually my favorite workouts. Running on a trail, absolutely the best. That's yeah. it. Yes, that's good. And, 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 you know, let me tell you why. Because running on a trail incorporates all the components of running. Technique, strength, endurance, threshold, and speed. And you can get it all by trail running. Excellent answer. <laughs> Finally, what do you wish you had known or done differently when you started out or earlier in your triathlon career? So I pondered this question for a long time, and it's a really good question. I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have all those experience, hardships, illnesses, and injuries I had when I started. And it's made me the coach I am. It's it's because of all my experiences that I became a coach because I didn't want to have, have someone experience what I experienced with illnesses and injuries. So I again, I, my first answer is I wouldn't change a thing. But if I would have known how to train early on when I was doing the shorter races, the sprints and Olympics, way back 25 years ago when I moved to Colorado, I had what it takes to go train at the Olympic Training Center. And if I would have just had a mentor to tell me, go for it, I would, I would have gone for it. But I wouldn't have been the person I am today. But I think having a mentor and a training plan would have helped me a lot. Right. Okay, so finally, Wendy, is there something that you want to plug? Tell us a little bit more about what you got going on and what you're doing with T2 Coaching and everything. Well, so I'm part of, I co-host the Endurance Hour podcast with Dave Erickson. And um, I'm also the creator of How to Swim Faster in 30 Days, as well as How to Master the Basics of Freestyle. It's one of our top selling programs for swimmers as well as triathletes. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm also working on... A, a name, I haven't named it yet, but it's basically going to be 101 swim recipes in a scrapbook. So I'm creating um, like a binder type of workouts that I want to promote. So you can take the guesswork out of swimming and just go to your scrapbook and look at a workout and take it to the pool and know exactly what the purpose is, what your intensity should be and what you want to do. So I'm excited to launch that. And then, you know, just everything on TT Coaching. Excellent. And we'll, we'll include links to all of those resources in the show notes so people can go and, and look it up. Thank you. Finally, we have a, a question sent in from a listener of the show asking, I've been running for three years and have a half marathon PR of one hour, 45 minutes. I have no experience from cycling or swimming. How many workouts a week should I do in uh, the different disciplines in swimming, biking and running? Given that I have this running background, I'll probably train around six to seven times per week. Well, you know, did he say what, I'm assuming it's a he, did he say what distance he was training for? Uh, No, he didn't, but he seems to be getting into it. So I guess that Sprinter Olympic. Sprinter Olympic. So, so congratulations on a 145 marathon. That's pretty good. With your running background, I always tell people, especially when they're starting, you don't want to continue to work on your strength, which is running. You want to put more emphasis on your weaker, weaker events, swimming and cycling. So what I would do is maybe run one day a week, kind of take a break from running as, as you build up your cycling and swimming background. Because there's just even cross training of cycling and swimming, it's going to help your cardiovascular endurance and it's still going to keep you fit as a runner just maintaining one run a week. So my guess is you're probably going to be like most runners has a weakness in swimming. So you may want to put more emphasis in the swimming part of the program and um, jump on the bike one or two days a week and put more training sessions into the swim until you know where you're at. And, And on top of that, 
is the way, the best way to gauge where you're at is doing like a, a, a fitness test, maybe a 500 or a thousand yard or meter time trial and see where you're at. Maybe you can't swim. You won't know until you get in the pool. Same thing on the bike, doing some sort of time trial to see where you're at and to see where your strengths and weaknesses are and start to work on your weaknesses to bring them up to your strength. Excellent answer. That's a good, really good breakdown. So uh, I think we covered everything and it's been really, really good chatting to you, Wendy. And I think that any beginner triathletes listening to this have gotten a lot of really great information that they can, they can use in their training and, and upcoming races. So thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Wendy Mader. I really hope you enjoyed the episode and especially for you beginners that you found a lot of useful information that you can really go ahead and apply in your own triathlon training. My main takeaways from the episode, the first one is something that I say at the end of every show, keep loving triathlon. And that's something that Wendy talked a lot about. Make triathlon fit your lifestyle and abilities and experience and don't try to do it the other way around and fit your lifestyle and abilities into a rigid training plan and especially not into a training plan of your buddies. And the second thing would be to the importance of getting a mentor. And for Wendy, not getting a mentor earlier cost her the opportunity to go train at the Olympic Training Center. And even though your stakes may not be as high, having a mentor can definitely help you improve your triathlon abilities massively, which will probably make you enjoy the sport even more and get even more out of it. And there are statistics that the triathletes that are have the most longevity in the sport are the ones that early on get mentors and get coaches and just get help, simply put. And I guess this podcast can be that for you. So you should definitely keep listening to it. So that's approaching the end of the episode. As always, remember to go to thattriathlonshow.com to get the show notes and all the links and resources mentioned in this episode. And if you like the show, please, please, please tell your friends about it. Help us spread the word. And remember the contest as well. If you go to thatraflonshow.com, you can see the instructions and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, rate it and review it, and you can enter to win a $50 Amazon gift card. In episode five, we talked to Ben Canute, who is a US Olympic triathlete and mixed relay world champion from 2016. And we talk about, among other things, his training, what he's doing, and We talked a lot about what you can learn from his training and he gives specific tips to age groupers. So there will be actionable advice even though it's a pro triathlete interview. So make sure you tune in for that. Thank you for listening to the show. As always, keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.